1-800-285-4321. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and stuff else. Glad you're with me. I got a great article at the end that you don't want to miss, right? Okay. So let's get let's get right to the silly stuff on the podcast anyway. Here we go. Riders, wanderers on the road of life. The journey is why they ride. When the road is all you need, there is no destination. Uh, I'm actually just going to get a nice coffee. Well, she may have a destination this one time, but you usually... I, I usually have a destination. Yeah, but most of the time, her destination is... Nope, it's just the coffee shop. No matter why you ride, Progressive has you covered with protection starting at $79 a year. Because she's a biker. Please don't follow me in. Please don't follow me in. <laughs> They always have these little zingers in there. I just love, what would I do without the progressive ads? I don't know. I guess I wouldn't know, have anything to waste your time with. Anyway, and that's your nodding. You're, I'm, I hear you nodding, which reminds me, I didn't launch my message tracker here. Okay, I got it now. Now you can message me in the middle of and distract my attention, which brings us to consumer attention. Measuring consumer attention is significant. Why? How important is consumer attention? Two-thirds of marketers surveyed says it's very important. Okay? Why? This is really great. The popularity of smartphones has increased the likelihood people are dividing their attention among different media channels. Second screening or thumbing a smartphone screen while watching TV has been well documented. <clears throat> so anyway, and this is... In this environment, marketers and agencies are looking for more indicators that consumers are paying attention to them <laughs> and to the ads, which we're not as best we can. We block them out, which is what I did here. Okay, just that. Just think that's a good argument for mail because you can't. You got to look at it. You can't throw it away unless you look at it. And you may not have to look long. You better get that return address right and put a stamp on it. But you have to look at it. Okay, this is a long article by Adriana Lee uh, at Yahoo and 11 to 13 minutes. So we're just going to take some of the high points. User tracking is dead. The bell tolls for thee. Okay, so anyway, oops, let's get the, got to hit these buttons. You have no idea how hard this is. <laughs> Apple's launch of anti-tracking and similar stuff coming for Android Google has a two-year plan of privacy box, um, and uh, they their goal is to is to give consumers privacy, but not wreck their their $200 billion advertising business. So they're trying, and Yahoo is doing ID-less contextual tracking. In other words, you looked at a picture of the soccer match, so maybe you like soccer, or maybe your kid's playing on the team and you couldn't care less about soccer. You know, that's the trouble. Contextual doesn't have context. You don't know why I'm looking at it, right? I mean, uh, uh, I still get I still get ads popping up for wedding dresses because my my wife borrowed my my computer to look at wedding dresses with my daughter in 2017. Five years later, right? It's like, are you kidding me? So never mind. Okay. Also, buying more with their cell phones, smartphones. I hate calling them smartphones because they're so dang stupid. Uh, and they're expected, they're hit, breaking 44% of all e-commerce uh, in this market, in the U.S. sales alone. Okay, so my kids do that. They buy on their cell phones. I never do. It's 
you know, too hard to hit the buttons. <laughs> Especially on some new, you know, they don't use new new retailers. This is a, a real death knell for retail because if you don't make it so I can one-click shop, you're dead on a smartphone. I'm not putting my credit card in on it smartphone the chances of me getting it right on three or four tries are almost none okay but when apple started adding their tracking 96 percent adopted it only four percent let them themselves be tracking and google's planning on doing something similar and they hold 70 percent of the global smartphone market okay they may take a more nuanced approach because they win and lose at the same time Whereas Facebook, oh my gosh. And here, this is really interesting. Channels that relied heavily on third-party data, social programmatic, third-party, you know, bad data. <laughs> data that says, oh, you went to Facebook, so you must be a socialite. <laughs> May need to move up the funnel. This is from, uh, from Margot Conrose of, uh, of, oh, that's of Saki. No, there was somebody else up here from Ballardi. I wanted to call them out because, hey, cool. Velarde is, is, you know, they do a lot of catalogs and stuff, but I can't find them. Let's see if I can find them. This is, you see why I highlight everything? <laughs> anyway, not only did Zuckerberg amount to $10 billion this year, but their valuation went from a trillion down to $565 billion, which incidentally keeps them below the $600 billion monopoly threshold, which is kind of silly. I had a friend who, who, who uh, got, got a, a, a stainless steel screw business. There were two competitors that sold mainly to the boats and sailboat, you know, saltwater sailboat market, and they bought both competitors. And so they had a monopoly. Did they have a monopoly? Absolutely. It sure wasn't a $600 billion monopoly. It actually made it a nice little business. Did anyone care that they had a monopoly? No. And did they gouge everybody? No. You know, it worked out for everybody. But monopolies can be very small if you're the only game in town. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, great article, but you know, the biggest task, the biggest risks may not be with targeted brands, which seem to be adapting, but with the tech platforms themselves. So, we'll see how that all shakes out. Okay, this was an article in Forbes. I always like to read Forbes because I feel like they have credibility as a news source. Maybe not. This is from Shamir, and it's just awful. He's the, he's the CEO and chairman of Touch Bistro. How do restaurants win in local marketing? And I, you know, sometimes to see if I want to read the article, I'll, I'll type the word mail and see what it comes up. Ten times it came up in here. Okay, so first he starts out with how difficult and expensive it is to start a restaurant, and it's expensive. And a lot of people, he says, are spending on the wrong things. You know, Shamir, you might want to just stick to what you know instead of talking stupid about mail. So let's dive down into the stupid. Oops, where's my highlights? Let's see. He had three big points on mail. Okay. He said 20% of ad spend goes into mail, and I may not have updated my, <laughs> I make these things. Um, but he said, one is you can't differentiate. Uh, he said, oh, here's, a, here's their th his three points. Coupons can be cheated. 
You know, almost all restaurant coupons are not for cash. Those days are gone. Nobody does that. You know, it's buy one, get one free. Get an, Buy an entree, get an entree of equal or lesser value. Okay, that's the coupon. That's what everybody uses in restaurant business. Or free dessert or something. Free, free glass of wine, something. Something that's along with your purchase. We don't give cash. So don't think that you can just put it in the cash drawer and pocket the coupon value in cash. Come on, Shamir, get real. But this is really bad. Direct mail offers no way to differentiate new customers from returning ones. Well, first of all, if it's a new restaurant, there only are new customers, right? So, Shamir, you booted that one. Mailers are expensive. Yeah, but what's the ROI, okay? And uh, <laughs> you can't capture the moment of intent, right? All data is historical, and so is digital. It's all digital. It's all, you know, the fact that I'm looking for a restaurant doesn't mean, and the fact that you put yourself right in my face on my cell phone, restaurants near me, does not mean I'm going there. What you want is you want pre-intent, and that's what mail gives you, okay? Send me something that I'm going to put in my wallet or put on the refrigerator with a magnet. That's what you want. You want pre-intent. So the next time we decide to go out, we remember, oh, yeah, there's that new restaurant. Anyway, this is so bad I can't even talk about it. Forbes, you know, if you're going to trash mail, get some, get at least run it by somebody who knows something about mail. And you can, if it's an existing restaurant, you can clearly differentiate your existing customers because you have their names if you've collected them. Now, maybe you haven't, in which case, but how can you in digital? Yeah. Give me a break. Digital is half the tracking and 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 a hundred times the, the fraud. Anyway, Patrick Carroll, excellent article. Better dive into this one for e-commerce brands. And he starts with um, using Shopify's report that outlines the future of e-commerce. And I will post that at WDMA.org. Become a subscriber, and you will get uh, you will get your hands on that article. Right, now here, here's now we're going to get into digital, and it doesn't even get into the fraud, for heaven's sakes. Advertising costs are skyrocketing across platforms. Retail sales have jumped 300% since 14, but there's in mark as marketing marketers increase their digital budget, they're getting less and less for it. Okay, so think about that. Oh, I just ran out of disk space. And it's all just old recordings, so I'm not getting... This one is going to have to be up on YouTube, and that's it. So we better not say anything naughty. Okay. So marketers increase digital ad budget. They may be getting fewer ads for it. It's a crowded space. Acquisition costs continue to rise. You know, and I saw one article, I think from Bellardi, actually, that said that that uh, that digital ads had gone up over 200% since uh, the first of last year. Almost 300%. So sales went up, ad costs went up. Direct mail has the unique ability to establish trust and persuade customer behavior. It also produces legendary ROI. So think, put that in your pipe, Shamir. Okay. And then there are some case studies where this is a, a an e-commerce meat and seafood delivery brand. Do they just deliver or do they actually sell it? There are delivery brands. Anyway, I assume that this they took a data-first approach to their mailing lists, creatives, and offers. I thought creatives, I don't know. That's what I call the guys who work in creative. 
they're the creatives. <laughs> and it, yeah, and if they don't, it's like in my book, I talk about the king saying to the the to the miller's daughter, if you don't spin gold, uh, spin straw into gold, we're gonna kill you in the morning. I said I'd like to do that with my creatives. <laughs> Anyway, I'm assuming what data first means, though it could mean almost anything. I'm assuming they mean they're going to finally actually test something and look at the results and see what's working. Because direct mail, unlike basically everything else, can tell you not only who bought, anybody knows that, but can tell you who engaged and didn't buy. As we know, you can't measure attention very well. You can't track, and digital is getting crazy expensive. So third-party cookies, we already talked about them, going away. That just means following you around all over on the Internet. We still have first-party cookies. If somebody visits your website, we can send them a mailing piece. You know, you have to have a lot of visitors to make that work out, but you can do it. Although, uh, you know, I was watching a, a webinar by Mail 2.0, Brad over there, and uh, they said some people just want one lead a day, and you know, so you can, you can, you know, be set up for that. You can be set up for very small, trackable, and uh, leads, and send them a piece of mail. Okay, there's a contradiction in the tracking, which is that consumers want privacy and they want personalized marketing. Now, when consumers say personalized marketing, you have to be very careful. If you have pre-intent, right? And Andrew Ettinger talks about this a lot. He, he gets uh, HVAC, you know, heating and air conditioning contractors on a regular mailing program so that when the furnace breaks down, people call. Or when the plumbing breaks. It's not if, if you have a, a, a house. <laughs> it's when. When you have a heating problem. When you have an electrical problem. When you have a plumbing problem. So rather than try to be the unknown vendor on Angie's list among every other vendor. Why not be the guy that's actually magnetic, magnetically attached if you don't have a stainless steel refrigerator? But those, you know, it's low-grade stainless. <laughs> the magnets still stick to a lot of them. Um, why not be the guy that's on the refrigerator, right? You want pre-intent because intent is still historical. It's still too late for everybody else that that didn't pop up first, and that's up to Angie's list, not up to you. You don't control it. So lean on first-party data, and by that I mean we know stuff about your customers, your real customers. We know the kind of people they are like. Now, um, trying to, this is Patrick Carroll, excellent guy up at SQL in Minneapolis. He says, direct mail lookalike audiences are based on demographics, purchase history, and preferences. You got to be careful with this. You know, I was out at Wyndham Hill Records. This was that they did. They got the Linus and Lucy guy, um, uh, George Winston, and a very successful label. And they said to me, "We we mail men. You know, we we profiled our our customer base, and it's predominantly males, 35 to 55, high income, high education. Those are the people that like our music. Okay, I like their music." Anyway, but we rent those lists or we get the lookalikes and it doesn't work. Well, you know, you got to be careful because just because everybody likes your brand 
and has a profile, and let's say 100% of them are. Uh, but, you know, out of the the 14 million or whatever there are of those kind of people, only about a million of them probably had ever heard their music. So, you know, there's a there's a there's a hidden variable that is we like the music that overtops the geodemographics. And so you got to be really careful about lookalike. Actually, actually, it's far better instead of trying to frame lookalike. It's far better to rule out people who aren't going to buy. Right. Who aren't going to like your music. You know, maybe it's it's maybe it's uh, junior high kids or something we make sure not to mail those it's almost always easier to figure out who not to mail than it is to mail and part of the reason is because we have we know who engaged and didn't buy we know the non-buyers we know who didn't want that and that's actually easier to deal with than it is why why someone buys is often a mystery even to them but why they didn't buy is oftentimes you have much more data if you have any with mail you do with the rest of it, you don't. Okay, and last was social commerce. I didn't really understand this. Apparently, there's ways now for for um, influencers and and vloggers to you know sell you stuff, you know, and, and you can click on the button uh, inside of certain social market marketing networks. Add a QR code. This I do understand. Why do we need QR code? You know, we talk about zip. We talk about, you know, we don't need the code. Just use QR. I'm. This is my 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 latest thing. Just say adding a QR to a creative package. Everybody knows what that is. There's nothing else called a QR. Just add a QR. But anyway, Patrick, this is like you know, this is like a strong A minus, maybe B plus, maybe an A plus. You know, you uh, I probably because you started with Shopify, it was a little bit difficult. But clearly, there are advantages to mail. And thank you, Patrick, for writing something that actually is sensible. And I will have that Shopify um, report for 2022 in the show notes on WDMA.org. Subscription is free. Have a great day. Like and share. Bye-bye.